0: The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 20th chapter. Jesus said to the disciples, "'The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner "'who went out early in the morning "'to hire laborers for his vineyard. "'After agreeing with the laborers "'for the usual daily wage, "'he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, you also go into the vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around. And he said to them, why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner saying, these last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? so the last will be first, and the first will be last. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Grace, mercy, and peace be with you all from God our Creator and the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Please be seated. In the last two weeks, Pastor Westermeyer talked about two important understandings for us as God's people, original sin and forgiveness. Today's big theme is grace, God's outrageous grace. And as we look at today's scripture readings, we see that God's grace strikes some folks in the Bible as extremely annoying especially when it is being lavished on people they consider to be unworthy. In Jesus' story about the laborers in the vineyard, the ones who worked just a short time received the same pay as the ones who worked all day. The all day laborers felt cheated. They got what they were promised, but still they grumbled. Why would the Johnny-come-latelys? The squeak buyers received the same reward we did. We should get more. We worked harder, we're more deserving. The landowner, reflecting God's heart, answers them, friend, am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? And their honest answer would have been yes. Have you ever been annoyed by God's grace? Jonah was. Was he ever? Jonah was a hoot. His book in the Bible is only four chapters long and I heartily recommend it to your reading. The story begins this way. The word of the Lord came to Jonah saying, go at once to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Now the next thing you would expect to hear is that Jonah, God's prophet, packs his bags and goes immediately to Nineveh. But instead, he goes to the docks and buys a ticket for Tarshish as far in the opposite direction as he can imagine. What's going on? Well, God was not kidding about the wickedness of Nineveh. It was the capital city of Assyria, the most powerful empire in the world in that day. The Assyrians had a reputation for cruelty and brutality. When their armies captured a city or a country, they committed terrible atrocities and then they bragged about it. The Assyrians and the Jews hated each other. Jonah doesn't want to preach to them because he doesn't want them to repent. He wants them to be destroyed. In fact, he wishes God would hate them too. So he boards a ship out of there, but he soon discovers that it's hard to run from God. We know what happens next. A huge storm comes up. God admits, Jonah admits to the sailors that it's all his fault, they should throw him overboard. Reluctantly, they do, and as everything calms down, those sailors worship Jonah's God. They didn't believe in God before, but they do now. God, of course, is far from done with Jonah. God sends a large fish to swallow him. I imagine God's dialogue with the fish hey my fish get ready see that boat they're going to throw my prophet overboard and the fish says yes lord okay fish now go swallow him yes lord sorry fish but you need to swim around with jonah inside you for three days whatever you say lord the fish obeyed god better than jonah did Now, a fair amount of speculation has gone into what it would be like to be inside a fish's stomach. Speculations include stink, digestive juices, darkness, and a host of other things you don't really want to think about. But here's how our Lord reflected on it in Matthew. Jesus said, Just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. For both, after those three days, there was life. Now, apparently, being in the belly of a whale clarifies one's thinking, and eventually Jonah prays something like, Lord, I've learned my lesson. If I ever get out of this fish, I'm going to obey you. So, God told the fish to vomit up Jonah onto dry land. I'm pretty sure the fish said, thank you, Lord, and gratefully spit up the cranky pants prophet. A second time, the word of the Lord comes to Jonah. The same word, the same task. Go to Nineveh, that great city, and tell them what I said. Finally, Jonah went. The city was huge. Archaeologists have found its ruins outside modern-day Mosul in Iraq. Jonah trudged into the city for a day, and he cried out a really short sermon. Four words in Hebrew, eight words in English. He said, 40 days more, and Nineveh will be overthrown. Now I'm very proud of Jonah's courage at this moment. He stands in the midst of an extremely hostile enemy city and tells them they are going to be destroyed. Granted, his attitude is wrong, he hopes they will be destroyed, but still, it took courage. And lo and behold, the people believed God's message as spoken by Jonah. All the way from the common folk to the king, everybody repents, fasts, puts on sackcloth, sits in ashes. And I'm quite delighted to say that on this blessing of the animals' day, we have a second mention of God's critters. First the fish, and now even the animals fast and wear sackcloth. It's really in there in chapter three. (coughs) So now we are at today's reading. God saw the sincere repentance and changed his mind about the calamity he said he would bring upon Nineveh, and he did not do it. In spite of their terrible history, And frankly, in spite of their future, the next generation would destroy the northern kingdom of Israel. The Lord saw the repentance of this generation of Ninevites and granted mercy. And here it is again, just like with the laborers in the vineyard. Here is God's annoying grace. It makes Jonah so angry and he begins to rant This is exactly what I said would happen. This is why I tried to flee to Tarshish in the first place. I knew it. I knew you are a generous God, and merciful, and slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love, and ready to relent from punishing. I knew it. Just take my life now. He complains about the beautiful virtues of God. Although he's fine with them when they're coming his way, He just doesn't want any grace for his enemies. And God said, really, Jonah? Is it right for you to be angry? And Jonah did not even answer God, at least not out loud. I'm sure he had a very lively internal dialogue going on as he went away mad. Those people have done horrible things. They say they've repented, but who knows what they'll do next. And what will the folks at home think when I have gone to the enemy and now God is not? going to destroy them. You can just imagine all he was thinking as he stomped off in silence, went outside the city and sat down, maybe hoping God will come to God's senses and destroy Nineveh after all, and he, Jonah, will have a front row seat. But he didn't go away mad all by himself. God went with his prophet. God told a plant to grow over Jonah to give him some shade, Jonah liked that. And then God sent a worm to attack the plant, so it died and the shade was gone. And then God sent hot wind and sun to beat down on Jonah's head. And again, Jonah was angry and miserable. Still, God was with him, not giving up on him, still trying to get him to come around to compassion, to grace. God asked him, Is it right for you to be angry about this little plant? And Jonah said, absolutely. Then God gives a little object lesson to Jonah. Jonah, you are concerned about one plant. And should I not be concerned about Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who are lost and also many animals. And that is where the book of Jonah ends with God asking, isn't it right that I be concerned about Nineveh? Jonah does not answer God's question. It's left to us. So what is your Nineveh? where God is saying to you, I care about this and I want you to care about it too. Your Nineveh may be what urges you out of your comfort zone. Your Nineveh may be the place God calls you where you do not want to go. Your Nineveh may be the people who have hurt you deeply and God says, it's time now to forgive. Nineveh is usually uncomfortable for us. It's whatever we hate that God loves deeply. Wouldn't it be so much easier if God agreed with all our prejudices? But as Anne Lamott wrote, you can safely assume that you have created God in your own image when it turns out that God hates all the same people you do. The good news yes the sometimes irritating news is that god is infinitely more gracious than we are the good news is that god's grace is in fact outrageous loving even evil nineveh and wanting good for it loving jonah even when he was fleeing loving us whether we are heading toward nineveh or in the opposite direction We can run from God, but we can't hide. When we try to leave God, God refuses to leave us. That's just how it is. So, may the good Lord show us our Nineveh, and when we get there, help us. In the name of Jesus, amen.